Do you need help with your journey following Jesus? Has your Bible reading brought up some interesting questions? Um, I, I need a prayer request. Is I've heard um, pastors talk about you can't get to heaven just with good deeds. I was just wondering what you guys think. Is, the, is there a correlation between the seventh trumpet and Revelations as the last trumpet, or is he talking about some other trumpet? Finally, a place to get answers. We're ready to take your prayer request and answer your Bible questions. Call in at 303-690-3000. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Hey, good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to today's edition of Calvary Live. My name is Ed Taylor. I'm taking your calls and your questions today. Um, Give me a call at 303-690-3000. is the number. And... Great time to call at the beginning of the show because the lines are wide open, but they do tend to uh, fill up as the show goes on. So give me a call, 303-690-3000 is the number. Text me, 720-336-0897. I know that that we left a lot of text questions hanging yesterday. Tried to respond to them, but if you text in a question uh, and you didn't get an answer, call or text again, and we will take those and discuss them this afternoon. So let's go right to the phone lines because we have a caller that carries over from yesterday, and we're going to start out fresh in our show today. So we're going to go to line one is Shannon. Uh, Shannon, welcome to the program. Hello. Hey, welcome back. Well, thanks. I'm I'm glad I got through because yeah, I was straight. pretty excited. It's the best time to call. <laughs> best time to call is right when they turn the phones on. Yeah. Uh, so let's go ahead and start over and uh, invite everyone that's tuning in today to the discussion that we had yesterday. Sure. Um, I guess to summarize, uh, my fiance and I, we are getting married next month. And so we have just been kind of growing closer to the Lord as we prepare, um, you know, for this new exciting journey. And we both, you know, our hearts are kind of restless, not with each other, but just we feel as though like God is telling us um, to, to, I don't know if we should move somewhere, or I just feel like God um, is trying to tell us we need to be somewhere or be doing something extra like on behalf of him, and so we're we're just really wrestling of where do we need to move somewhere? Do we need to be doing something else with our life? I mean, that it's a good question. We covered some of the basics yesterday because the right. way that the call was coming out yesterday was just kind of where you guys were spiritually, and we settled that you're in a good place spiritually. You're in a good place um, as a couple. You've made really good, solid decisions prepping for marriage, uh, preparing your hearts and lives for marriage, and and so now you're anticipating what's next. Correct. And I wish I could tell you what's next. <laughs> uh, I, <laughs> I don't know, uh, but I do know that in a place of readiness, uh, the Lord speaks. You know, I think that, that we sometimes will, uh, we will fail to appreciate the normal, everyday, mundane things of life waiting for that big voice, waiting, you know, perhaps waiting for the 
the loud, like Elijah did in the caves, you know, he was thinking that God was going to speak in some dramatic way, but instead God spoke through his still small voice or, you know, something, you guys are anticipating something and, and it's, it's, some of your anticipation is actually dramatic. It's large. Like it would be uprooting. It would be moving you ahead. And yet at the same time, God could have something great, huge and strong, and it wouldn't require you to uproot. Uh, it wouldn't require you to move forward. And and so I was answering a question like this today from a friend of mine who's planning and praying about planning a church. And and he asked me a question about an opportunity that came up. And I said, well, uh, you really need to settle in your heart what God has called you to do. And, and whatever God has called you to do, then be faithful to that because it's in faithfulness that God's going to move forward. So, you know, he was going to plant a church, and then right in the middle of planting a church, uh, he was given an opportunity to go on staff at another church. And it was a pretty attractive offer. It would require him to move and leave. And, you know, he's a little bit uh, unsettled in his current church. And and so, you know, my counsel is always, hey, has God called you to leave? And the answer is no. No. He hasn't. That was his answer, not mine, right? So, right. you know, my I, I want to I like to give I like to give counsel from where you're established, and until you hear the clear call of God, then you've got to wait. And while you're waiting, then you got to be faithful. And so, once you establish, like like the disruption with with his pastor and his current church is actually normal, and and so the the normalcy of that is, well, hasn't God called you to serve that pastor? Yes. Hasn't he called you to serve that community? Yes. Well, then do that and say no to everything else uh, until God gives you a release from that call and to move on to something else. And and so as you're looking at your life and anticipating what God has done, you know, a couple thoughts. One, it doesn't have to be dramatically big like moving, uh, even though it could, it doesn't have to. Uh, God could have something really special for you uh, within your marriage. You know, secondly, marriage requires a time of settling. And so I wonder if you guys have talked about, hey, we're not going to make any big decisions for the first six months so that we can get to know each other, live with each other, you know, work through six months of of marriage, you know, after the honeymoon's over. And maybe you guys can come to a place where, you know, let's just settle down and we'll be praying still and waiting for God, but we'll settle down and we won't make any big decisions because marriage is a huge decision. Maybe God's stirring you up in anticipation of that. Uh, and and then really seek God for that sense of calling. Uh, it may not be like my pastor friend, you know, on specific where he's going to serve and everything, but the reality of that calling of where to live, what church God might be putting you in, uh, because, you know, to move, I always encourage families that when they're speaking about moving or have to move, that they find their church first, not their house. Right. Uh, because they've got to go from church to church. Otherwise, it's it's very difficult to um, adjust when you don't have a church home and you got all these dramatic upheavals in your life and you don't have a home spiritually. And so those are some general thoughts. What kind of follow-up would you have to that? Um, no, that's amazing. I guess, uh, really, my, you led a good segue of just seeking, um, you know, a sense of calling, because both of us are a little bit just like, we know God's calling us to do something, but we're not quite sure. And so um, we really, I guess that that's 
where we're at and just how to maybe like wait and listen for it. Cause I mean, having patience is something that we're not, you know, humans, we're not natural at doing. And so, uh-huh. um, how to be patient and listen. It's really our, well, our a, a couple thoughts on that, you know, where patience is learned through, through pressure and through trials and waiting will become a trial in your life as you become nervously anxious at times of what does God want to do now with our married life and now that we're one and and it's just so you know the vistas and the horizon is so exciting and then when it doesn't happen the way you want it to or in the timing that you want it to or a variety of difficulties patience will be given to you as a fruit of the Holy Spirit like it's you you're you will battle and I will battle with waiting because we are an action-oriented people in an action-oriented society, an impatient society at that, and it's in many of us, uh, but you'll learn to wait. And so just as you're waiting, you'll learn to wait. However, waiting is not passive, and that's something that we tend to forget. Spiritually, waiting is not passive. It's an active action where we are both putting off any major decisions that God really hasn't confirmed, but at the same time staying uh, infinitely obedient in the moment-by-moment life. So, so when I think of while you're waiting, there's a, there's a passage of Scripture that comes up actually um, twice. Um, for the first time is when Abraham sends his servant to look for a bride for, uh, his, for Abraham. Um, he sends a servant, and, and he goes and finds... Isaac's wife, and he comes back and shares a testimony. He shares it this way. It says, uh, and he said, this is Genesis 24, 27, Blessed be the Lord God of my master, Abraham, who has not forsaken his mercy and his truth toward toward my master. As for me, being on the way, the Lord led me to the house of my master's brethren. And, And I love that picture. While I was on the way, the Lord led me. And so that idea of waiting is not passive, it's active, and I want to be on the way, which, which then brings me to my final point, and that is, if you were calling about a job, and you say, you know what, I just don't think uh, God wants me to work here for very long, and I, I need a new job, my immediate answer would be, it's always good, and I told my kids this as well, it's always good to look for a job while you still have one. Um, it takes away a lot of pressure and a lot of difficulty uh, when you are currently employed and then you know putting out feelers for a new job. And I believe the same thing is true for the spiritual life. It's always good anticipating what great thing God wants for us while we're being faithful for the little things. And so this would be a great time as you establish your marriage and and like I said maybe a 6-month waiting time that you you guys really sit down with your current pastoral leadership and see where there can't be some room for growth in your current fellowship family okay. um, be, because I, I tell the guys in our church, I say, look, we're learning and growing as you're serving in different churches here, different ministries in our church, but it's only training for when you leave, you know, training for when you go home, training when you're a mom, when you're a dad, like it's always good to be trained in a controlled environment and it will be infinitely more difficult if you just you know, uproot, newly married, uproot, go to a new place, new job, new house, new, 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 and then you have a new church, and then you're like, man, I, I, it's, it will make, I'm not saying God couldn't do that, but it would make things infinitely more difficult if you, maybe God has some things still for you guys to learn. Because remember, once you get married, everything is new. Right. And, 
I, I, um, I emphasize that word everything because you have you and your fiance, his first name is what? Uh, it's Derek. So you and Derek have never, from the moment you say I do, every experience will be new because you're a new, you'll be one in Christ. And so you've never experienced anything one in Christ with Derek ever before. And so you guys are, the Lord is going to add to your life so much that so much of it's going to be brand new. Right. And so, and thank you very much. I have one more, just one last question. I'm pretty sure you'll know the exact answer, but I know you, um, in one of your sermons, you talked about the different talents that God gives, um, that gives us, or either our talents or gifts. And I just can't remember where you said that is, um, I know, like, compassion was one of them and empathy, but I'm just trying to learn, like, where that could be, our different talents and gifts. Okay, I did a series on this yeah, uh, in yeah. Romans chapter 12, Okay, and it's on our website, it's in, on our app. Let me see if I can, let me look at it on, on the app. If you downloaded the app, if you put in Calvary Church Aurora, and you downloaded the app, right on the homepage there is a box that says the Holy Spirit, okay. and it's a variety, it says a variety of teachings on the Holy Spirit. So I went through, and I, we need to order these, but I'll go back and order them today after the show, but it's, um, the, the spiritual gift series actually has the word spiritual gifts next to them. So there's the gift of mercy, leadership, exhortation, teaching, service, prophecy, and those seven gifts, that's just six, where's the seventh? Um, uh, the gift of giving is the seventh. Those seven gifts I taught as I believe that they're the perfect uh, representation of Jesus on the earth today. Um, that if he was on the earth today, this is how he operates. And every believer has at least one of those gifts. Awesome. And they're primary motivational gifts. I know sometimes, even I have in the past, I used to teach that the, there was 20-something spiritual gifts in the scriptures, but I've changed my mind on that. I believe there are seven primary spiritual gifts, and those are the ones that God has created for us specifically. And then by the time, and then I always put this challenge to people, and I did this at the Bible college. So I went and taught a bunch of kids in, in five days, young people, and I told them uh, in four and a half days, really, eight, you know, three hours a day, I said, in, in 12 hours, I promise you, if you're open to the Holy Spirit, you will know your primary spiritual gift. And I would say the same to you. Um, I've never heard them taught this way before. And it's, a, it's probably one of the most practical Bible studies series that I've ever taught. Like real, down to earth, this is what it looks like, this is what it sounds like. And, and very, very few people that have listened to it have come back and going, I don't know, I'm, I still don't know. Awesome. So excited now. <laughs> yes. Awesome. Um, well, I am completely satisfied and happy now. Well, great. I'm glad you called back because we didn't, you know, the music caught up to us. And, and I just think, I know it's not just a good answer and question for you, but for people listening, because this is like the, like I just got a, a note that said, man, I can totally relate to that when you started answer, asking your question. So, oh, you know, a lot of people are relating to it. Good, good, good. My testimony is for everyone else as well. So thank you. It is. Well, thanks, Shannon. Uh, let us. When are you getting married? Uh, May 26th. Wow, it's coming up. So it's yeah. on May. Well, whenever you get back from your honeymoon, you'll have to call back and say, 
Um, I'm Shannon, and I'm a brand new person because I'm now married. Woo! I, I can definitely do that. I'll make a, a trip down there on a Wednesday night as well. Come see you guys. Oh, that'd be great. Look yeah. forward to meeting you guys. Wonderful. Thank you very much, Pastor Ed. All right. All right, bye-bye. bye-bye. 303-690-3000. We have open lines. Uh, we wanted to take Shannon's call from yesterday because she called. Uh, we weren't able to get to her call until the end of the show and and just thought it would be a very appropriate uh, discussion, not to just let it go with the music. And um, and it was extremely relevant. So thank you guys uh, for uh, sticking around, being, making Calvary live and grace fm a part of your um a part of your day and there are three things you can do to help support grace fm three things and we've been really ministering and and developing a relationship with men and women that listen to grace fm that will help support us on an ongoing basis and so remember these three things would you number one pray we're asking you to pray for our station. We are not uh, in any way believing that that is an insignificant thing to do. It is one of the most significant things you can do is to pray for us. So please, please pray that we, um, the word will get out and our station will grow. Um, and we're a very young station. So because we are young, um, a lot of people still have not heard about us. Number two, uh, you can give. And we have just updated our giving platform to make it abundantly easy for you. So you can download the Grace FM app or go to gracefm.com and just give right there. Um, you can give both to Grace FM and we've tied Abounding Grace Radio to that as well. If the Bible study teachings of Calvary Church in Aurora, bless you. You can give to that as well because there are hard costs involved with all this stuff. And then the final one is tell. So pray, give, gracefm.com, and tell. And so we are always constantly wanting to get the word out, telling other people about the station, inviting them to listen. Uh, We are developing new t-shirts. We're developing new uh, cards and things that you can give away. We have pens, of course. Um, so just pray, give, and tell. And if you do all three, we would be blessed by that. And remember, I know you're listening. Some of you are hearing this uh, station, or excuse me, this show on another station. Our in our encouragement for you is to support your local station. Support your local station. So for those of you on Truth FM, support Truth FM. Those of you listening to this on Grace. On Grace FM, support Grace FM. Those of you listening on Hope FM, support Hope FM. Where Whatever station you're listening this to, support your local Christian radio. It helps keep it on, on the air, okay? Uh, but for us, you know, Originates, um, we've been doing this show from Grace FM for many years now. Um, always want you to know, you can set it up to rec- uh, uh, as a recurring gift, and every amount counts. Don't think it doesn't count, <laughs> Every amount counts because there's always, I just had a uh, young man in my office yesterday with another invoice of another piece of equipment and some of it breaks, you know, and then we had something else break up at the tower and uh, praise God for the team uh, that they have surrounded us with. But 
we don't have an infinite supply of resources and money, so your uh, regular giving and faithfulness is used by the Lord to keep Grace FM on the air. So thank you, thank you, thank you. Uh, let's go back to the phone lines, <clears throat> which they are open. Uh, <laughs> line one is Liz. Welcome to the program. Hi, Pastor Ed. Hey, um, Liz. Question. So I'm a single woman and, you know, newly saved about three years. And I've been praying, you know, haven't been with anybody, dated anybody, nothing. So I've been praying, you know, Lord, if it's your will for me to be with somebody, make sure I want a godly man. I don't want someone from the world. I want to be equally yoked. I want someone that's going to lead me spiritually, that's going to be that, my spiritual leader, you know, like the Bible says. So I met someone that has those qualities. But, you know, we're just talking, but I'm not physically attracted to him. How important is physical attraction in a marriage? That makes sense. Well, it it varies. So there's a few thoughts on this. You know, first of all, let's, let's speak to physical attraction. God made men attractive to women and women attractive to men on purpose. Uh, mm-hmm. And so there's nothing wrong with being physically attracted to someone. Uh, as a matter of fact, that's usually how something starts. You know, a man or a woman catches your eye and you want to pursue getting to know them and becoming a friend to them and on and on. And then, you know, the the, the reality that, that God has created that. Now, it, it let's do some random thoughts. I don't have them in order because it's such a great question. But number one, physical attraction cannot be the only thing that keeps a couple together because we change over time and our physical attraction changes it it goes up and down it it could be something traumatic um, and it could be something just normal like gaining weight or uh, losing weight or you know um, for me balding getting gray I've changed you know Marie and I just celebrated 30 years uh, and and I have changed dramatically. Marie hasn't changed all that much. She still looks like uh, when I met her, but we um, we changed. She's actually so we very beautiful. <laughs> she is, and that, I'm grateful for that. But you know, getting to you know, so we got married, uh, and we were we got married outside of Christ. So it was all physical, and it was all attraction. And God, in His grace, developed in us character traits that keep us together, no matter what we look like, what we've been through. And and so physical attraction can be uh, the beginning stages, but not necessarily going to be the, the um, glue that holds a marriage together. It won't be. It will be the other things that you spoke about, Liz. It will be the, the inner character. You know how a woman in the Bible is, is told, not don't let your beauty just be outward. Uh, mm-hmm. Don't let it be... Don't let it be outward. Let it be the inward part of the woman. And I think that that applies to men as well. Like, let it be the inward character, which grows over time. Uh, and so the, the, that, with that being said, I, I would have to say that because you asked the question, it's definitely something for you to pray about. Yeah. Because if this and becomes I've a stumbling praying. block... It, yeah, I mean, so, so let's... You know, because number one, you're, if you haven't already... You're going to have to tell him that, mm-hmm. and be, because there's a, there needs to be an honesty within the relationship, 
And I mean, I don't think it needs to be blunt, but in a part of a, a normal conversation when you get to know each other and, mm-hmm. and, and however it comes out, I don't know the words you would use, but he would need to know your feelings and your thoughts. And so that's going to be a difficult conversation. Um, and then secondly, if, if there isn't any physical attraction, then you might want to pray that it doesn't become a stumbling block to you later in life. Um, and, and it starts being used by the enemy uh, as a tool to accuse you, mm-hmm. a tool, and then other guys that might be handsome or, or attract, you're attracted to them. Uh, because, you know, beauty is in the eye of the beholder. Uh, mm-hmm. And, and it, uh, outward appearances, um, attractiveness is, is really, what's the word? You know, it's, it varies by people, you know. And, mm-hmm. and so it, the reality of, a, of him not in this stage being attracted to you, who knows? You know, the inward character might so overwhelm you that you become physically attracted to him. Um, but, but it's a warning sign. Like if you were in premarital, it would, I would definitely talk to you about it being a warning sign because you don't want to get into something where anything's hidden. You don't want to get into something where, you know, if he's offended by it, then he holds a grudge against you on and on that you guys have to be truly open about mm-hmm. your feelings about each other's looks and, and how you feel. Cause some people, some, some, you know, that varies on different people and it just has to be a discussion so that nothing's hidden. Yeah. Okay. Well, that, that helps. So, if it's something I'm going to have to pray on for God to give me wisdom on how to deliver, you know. And and I think it, it's wisdom and timing, you know, wisdom and timing. Mm-hmm. Because if it does get more serious, if you, you know, if it does get more serious and you find yourself attracted to him in other ways, you know, that's a sign from the Lord. Um, you know, if, you, if your relationships gets deeper, it's like I told my kids, you know, I told my kids, that they can't have enough friends of the opposite sex. Like it's, it's good for my son to have friends that are girls, uh, both my boys, and it's good for my daughter to have friends that are boys because I believe that you're going to eventually marry your best friend. Yeah. And, and so in your friendship development stage that you're in right now, as you, if, if you find in the natural course of life that you guys are growing closer together then the conversation actually won't be as hard as you think it will be because you've already connected on different levels. Okay. But if you haven't connected on different levels, then that little pause um, will show will prove to be very important in the development of how far your friendship will go. Yeah, yeah, because I don't want to, you know, jump into something that okay, well, he has everything else, and then later on, like you said, you know, be like. Because, you know, my mom used to have a saying that the devil is going to be the devil, <laughs> no matter what. <laughs> and That's so true. he's always going to be the devil, no matter what. And so you have to prepare for that because, or you can't give him any wiggle room at all. Right. And I, that's what I don't want. Well, and I think that there's a, there's another piece to this as well, where the, the, the reality of, the characteristics and things that we're looking for in a mate, um, always they always yield to the man or the woman that God has for us, mm-hmm. and and so we we definitely want to 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 say, okay, Lord, uh, you know what my pre- you know what my desire is, you know what what's important to me, but I what I want is what you think is important for me, 
Yeah. Because so keep the reading thing them. that we'll show you. I will, because the thing that I worry about also is, like, for example, like, if I tell him, you know, well, did you go to church? And it's like, no, he didn't go to church. It's like, okay, going to church doesn't make you holy or not holy, whatever. But it's right. like, there's nothing holding you. What's your excuse? You know, me, I can't wait to get to church. Like, sure. I don't want to be leading him when he's supposed to be the one leading me. That's important. You know, those that's a non-negotiable. Um, if if I was, again, if I was talking to a young lady or a young man saying, look, um, is it attractiveness or the man loving Jesus more than you, which is more important? I would say yeah. 100% loving Jesus. Hey, you hear the music, Liz? Let us know how it goes. We'll be right back. Calvary Live. Welcome back to Calvary Live. Give us a call at 303-690-3000 or text us at 720-336-0897. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Hey, it's the second half of Calvary Live. Welcome back. My name is Ed Taylor. I'm the pastor here at Calvary Church in Aurora, Colorado. Welcome, welcome. Grace FM, located in Aurora, Colorado, is the originator of Calvary Live, and you know we have other pastors that fill in during the week. Um, they don't just fill in; this, this is their spot. You have Nick Cady, uh, Pastor Je- Pastor Nick Cady from Whitefields Community Church up in Longmont, Colorado. We also have Pastor Jeff Figs from Calvary Chapel in Greeley, and then there are other pastors that fill in from time to time that they are able to uh, to be available to fill in, and uh, we're grateful to to be able to serve you and. We are a part of the Calvary Chapel family of churches, and uh, we're grateful to be a part of the the work that God is doing through Calvary Chapel. And of course, if you're looking for a church in your area, I always recommend the local Calvary Chapel, uh, a church that is dedicated to being uh, spirit-led, spirit-filled, and teaching the Bible verse by verse. And the neat thing about our family of churches is that we're unique. We're not a monolithic movement. Uh, that different Calvaries will have the same characteristics and at the same time be different, which is really a cool thing. And and so for you guys here in the metro area, we maintain a list on our website that um, we invite you to, to check out. You can go to gracefm.com, gracefm.com, and, and on there is a, a list of churches that we recommend here in the area. It's not an exhaustive list, but it is a list that we've compiled. And I, I looked at it recently, and Kevin, uh, you might want to look at it from gracefm.com because some of the entries are incorrect, um, some pastoral changes and things. So if you could take a look at it today, uh, I'm sure you will see some of the things that I saw. 303-690-3000 is the number. Pam's calling from Pennsylvania. Pam, welcome to the program. Hi, Pastor Ed. How are you? Good. How are you? I'm doing good, thank you. Okay. What's up? Uh, I was calling because um, I was just curious about um, who all is going to be in the millennium. Um, I know, you know, with the um, with the rapture that, you know, the people who believe are called up, and then there's the tribulation, and then yeah. um, I guess it's the battle 
I'm not sure if it's the Battle of Gog and Magog then, and then and then the Millennium comes in. But I was just wondering, like, who all is in the Millennium? Is it the people who whose bodies have already been resurrected, the saints, and then the Jews and whoever came to faith during the Tribulation? Yeah, so let me let, let me give you a list, and you can email me so you don't have to take notes on this, and I can send it to you. But I compiled a list, because this is a very common question, trying to put the pieces together. And here are 12 chronological events of the end times. You ready? Okay. The fr- number one is the age of grace. It's the church age. This That's what you and I are living in right now. That'll be followed by number two, the rapture of the church. To be followed, number three, by the Bema Seat Judgment of Believers. To be followed by number four, the Marriage Supper of the Lamb. To be followed by five, the Great Tribulation Period. Then the Battle of Armageddon, number five, or excuse me, number six. Then the Second Coming of Jesus Christ with His Saints, right after the Battle of Armageddon, because Jesus wipes them out. Then comes the sheep and the goat judgment in Matthew 25. Then comes the kingdom age, or what you asked for, the millennial reign of Christ. And so the people that are left over during uh, after the battle of Armageddon, after the great tribulation period, they're going to continue to habit, inhabit the earth, think of this, for a thousand years. And so they're going to live on the earth for a thousand years and continue to live life. They're, they're going to live in a perfect environment with Jesus Christ being the ruler of all things, and they're going to have children, uh, and they haven't, remember, Satan is bound, so they haven't been tempted by Satan like everyone else has before them, so that's the tenth thing that's going to happen. Satan is is released, then people are going to make a choice, then the great white throne judgment, then the destruction of the present heaven and earth, and then eternity. And... That's a short list. So the people that are on living during the millennial period are the people that survived the Great Tribulation period. Okay, so what happens to all the people who were raptured and who have the, died they come, before? Well, so the rapture brings people in, brings believers into the very presence of Jesus Christ to return with him after the Great Tribulation period, and they are going to rule and reign with Christ in some way. Um, they, the life that the, cause they're going to be in their glorified bodies. It's going to be a, it's going, you know, Jesus is in his glorified body, even though we know that Jesus, uh, appeared as a human, like he, he appeared after the resurrection in his glorified body. And yet he still lived on the earth. Um, those that are raptured are somehow, we aren't told exactly how those that are raptured, um, are going to integrate, um, with those on the earth, but they're coming they're coming back with Jesus Christ to rule and reign. They will not be okay. having children and marrying or anything like that. Right. We. We should say we, not they. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> okay. Thank you. I, I appreciate that. I just, I've often wondered about that. That's what I thought it was, but like I haven't, yes. you know, really been able to pinpoint it. So I thank well, you. Well, it for takes that. some time. You know, it definitely takes some time to put the pa- different passages of Scripture, and then, you know, there's all kinds of debate on it, and then that kind of leads to a little bit of confusion or un- uncertainty, but that, that's, where we, that's where we are um, in that lineage. And I, I would, let me, I, there's a book that I need, I was going to buy, I haven't got it yet, but let me, let me, um, let me recommend this book. Here, I'm going to buy right now. 
in my Kindle. It's called The End Times in Chronological Order by Ron Rhodes. Ron Rhodes. Is it R-H-O-D-E-S? D-E-S. Yes. Okay. Um, Okay, great. I haven't read it yet, but I trust Ron. Uh, He's a dynamic teacher. Um, He's a prolific author, uh, and he's a very detailed uh, man. And so I just purchased it right now. I just clicked it while I looked it up, so I'm going to read it. Okay. And my other request is that um, if we could pray for my granddaughter, Haley. She's 23 and um, having some health issues. Um, and they don't seem to know what it is yet. Okay. So, Father, we know that the temporariness of our body uh, and the sickness and health issues that we face are are reminders of eternity, God, and knowing that we're not going to inhabit these bodies forever. But there are also times where there great stress and fear and anxiety come in as our body don't, bodies don't hold up. And, and even with little Hannah, Lord, well, she's in her 20s, but you know, she'll always be to her, little Hannah to her grandma. She, um, we are wanting you to reveal what's broken in her body. And we're grateful that you've given to us doctors who are trained and learning in this area, and you use them greatly. But right now, God, they're not able to determine. And so you would just send a doctor in or send a test in or or a nurse or a practitioner, someone that has experience. Like just it would be a dramatic uh, gift from you, Lord, to supernaturally reveal what the issues are. And I pray that uh, you would do it quickly and bring healing into her body. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you so very much. I really appreciate your wisdom and, and the prayer. Well, thank you, Pam. Pam, before you hang up, can I ask you a question? Sure. Are you in? Are, do you, are you a Star Wars fan? Um. Yeah, I do like Star Wars. Yes. Okay. So, a pastor friend of mine who will remain un uh, unnamed, he texted in the answer to your question, and the answer to your question: Who's going to be in the millennium? His answer was Han Solo and Chewie, of course. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so I will I will give I will <laughs> I will relay that courtesy laugh to him for you. <laughs> okay, thank you so All much. All right. See you later. Bye-bye. <laughs> see you. Bye. 303-690-3000 is the number. It is good to laugh. Uh, laughter is God's gift to us to release stress and pressure in our lives. So appreciate Pastor so-and-so who texted me that answer. All right, we're going to move on uh, here locally. Centennial, Colorado. Line three is Stephen and Lydia. Uh, I think we have two people on the line. Welcome to the program. We do. Thanks, Pastor Ed. Um, listen to You're you guys welcome. a lot, and I've called in a few times, so thanks for taking our call. Um, yeah, my wife, her name is Maria, actually. <laughs> oh, okay. And she's, Hi, Maria. She's here with me, but she's a little shy on the radio, so I'll, okay. uh, no problem. I'll ask the question. <laughs> but... So we have some friends and family who are, you know, Catholic, or they say they're Catholic by culture or whatnot, um, and uh, friends mainly, and, and they say that they're saved, they're Christian, and, and we have conversations with them, and they're like, from the outside, all in all of those conversations, you know, you would say like, okay, yeah, maybe this person does, but yet they're practicing Catholic, so in other words, you know, they pray to the saints and Mary and all that, and, um, and so my wife, she's just a little kind of concerned 
for their salvation. Um, like yes. that's something that we, we, we should be because it's not the same Jesus and you, you know, that's kind of like idols the way I see it, you know, the saints and Mary and that, those are idols. It's not Jesus. Um, so could you kind of go into that a little bit? Well, your concern is a good concern because, um, Roman Catholicism, the religion, the institutional religion, actually separates people from Jesus Christ. He, they, they don't help people worship him alone. Um, so when it comes to a Roman Catholic, are, are, are some Roman Catholics saved, truly born again? I believe the answer to that is yes. Because I believe that along the way, one of the things that we do share in common with the Roman Catholic Church is we do worship the same Jesus, and we do read the same Bible with the exception of the additional books that were added by them. That's, if you took out the Apocrypha, we have the same Bible. Uh, and we have m- many of the same beliefs about who Jesus is. However, there are some significantly strange beliefs that come from Roman Catholicism that are truly not uh, consistent with the Bible. And so I would say that if a person, first of all, so with that said, let's say, let's speak to salvation. I'm grateful that salvation is the same for every human being, and that is if we repent of our sins and we confess Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, we confess with our mouth the Lord Jesus, believe in our heart that God raised him from the dead, we will be saved. And that's, ex- that's across the board, um, whether you're a Muslim, whether you are a Buddhist, uh, whether you follow, you know, your own religion, if you repent of your sins and you believe in Jesus Christ, the Bible says you will be saved. Now, a real person, now a person that's saved, is going to continue to grow in their knowledge and understanding of of what God has to say about Himself in the Bible. And I suggest that a person that is in Roman Catholicism that, that's saved. Um, it you know that as they grow in the grace and knowledge of Jesus Christ, they will eventually leave Roman Catholicism and the unbiblical and in some cases anti-biblical behaviors that are taught to them through the Roman Catholic system, uh, like praying to idols, like elevating Mary above Jesus Christ, like the Mass and the belief that Jesus is crucified over and over again through the celebration of the Mass, those things are just completely uh, bankrupt of any spiritual roots in the Scriptures. And so I think a person that's in Roman Catholicism will, will and truly born again will eventually grow to the place where they can no longer participate in Roman Catholic beliefs. So what do we do with a person that says I am born again and I'm still going to I'm still going to pray to Mary. Well, the only thing yeah. that we can do is reveal to them what the Bible says. And here's the problem, whenever you speak to a Roman Catholic, you're going to get this answer. I know what the Bible says, but we believe in the Bible and tradition. And that's what you lack. And that they'll turn it around on you and say, "Well, what you lack is you you can't trace your church history back to Peter, um who they believe is the first uh, Pope and the you know the church was built by him, not not on him, but by him, and and they'll take that and say you you can't trace that um, back to the apostle. We can we can trace the popes all the way back to Peter. They'd say and that's our authority. 
But the problem with that is, is that the authorities through the years were anti-biblical, and many of them, and they taught things that were not found in the Bible. They were taught they taught things that are precisely against sound teaching, and so it's a tricky question, you know, a tricky answer to a tricky question. But I do believe that Roman Catholics can be saved, but I also believe as they grow in the grace and knowledge, they're going to shed behaviors and eventually are going to have to leave the... Some people leave right away, like my mother-in-law. She, she just saw it right away. She's like, this is... I can't believe this. And it was just my wife saying, here's what it says in the Bible, Mom. And 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 other people, they don't leave. And, you know, that's where the final answer to this is I'm glad that I'm not God, that I don't have to sort it out. But I will teach what I believe the Bible teaches. Yeah, yeah. Um, so a, a good way to try to um, witness the family, because in that religion, it's just very, there's a lot of pride, you know, like, and most of it's cultural, you know, like, hey, it is. I'm, right. I'm this culture, so, um, um, you know, I'm just supposed to be a Catholic, you know, that's how it is, and it's just the pride in their, um, in their culture, the way it is. So it's just like, just try to tell someone like that, you know, it's, that's not really... It, it's almost like you're attacking the very essence of who they are, so they think, you know? Um, so it's a challenging road, especially when it comes from family, you know? It is. And, you know, my, <clears throat> um, in my wife's family, who are uh, predominantly Roman Catholic, the, the attitude is I was born a Catholic and I will die a Catholic. And the, you, you, there's nothing you could possibly say to me um, that they're trusting in, in, their, you know, in man's religion to save them. And unfortunately, we keep praying for our family because they're not saved. That's just the way it is. So it's pretty obvious by their attitude, by their, by their behavior. But we love them nonetheless. You know, we love them. We, we, have, we express that love to them. We express the truth to them. Um, it, we, our hands are clean with them. Like every time we visit them, we don't preach the gospel to them because they've heard it. Um, they know it. And they've also seen the dramatic change in my life because I live just like that. You know, they still live in the same neighborhoods that we did, uh, doing a lot. You know, they're, they're adults now, um, but like we, I did the same thing. I was, I was just as bad or worse than they were, and Jesus changed my life. And they, they have that representation. But we love them and care for them. And I would recommend a book to you. It will be very helpful when the conversations come up. Um, oh, yeah. It's by the same brother I just mentioned on a previous caller, Ron Rhodes, and it's um, reasoning from the scriptures with Catholics. And I love the way that he does this. He do, It's not combative. It's not critical. It's not hypocritical. It's not hyper-judgmental. It's just training you on how to ask the right questions to them to make them really think about their beliefs. It's a phenomenal book. He did one for Jehovah's Witnesses. He did one for Muslims. He did one for Mormons. And he did one for Catholics. And right in the beginning, he tells you exactly well, similar to what I just said, that he does believe that there are people within the Roman Catholic Church that are saved. You know, some people are reformers. They want to reform the Catholic Church. And uh, Yeah. Yeah, and that's, that's a good point you just made, too, because um, my, my wife and I have been talking lately about the Church, and, you know, we started reading the first uh, chapters of Revelations and reading about the church in Revelations. And, um, you know, and there are a lot of churches that, um, you know, I won't say any off the top of my head, but they're like, they're afraid to 
really teach the gospel as it is? And my wife was like, well, how about if there's somebody that says that they go to so-and-so's church, um, or even like a great pastor that we know of, um, and now all of a sudden they're saying um, that they're in coots with another pastor that we know is from um, a church that's not preaching the gospel. Um, and we're, we're, we're seeing that more and more, and we're like, well, what if somebody goes to those churches, and maybe it's their idea just to um, teach more of God's love within those churches? Um, and, and, I mean, that does kind of allude to another question where we're seeing a lot of really godly pastors that we've heard on the, uh, um, on the radio for years, uh, and that's kind of the thing now, is they're like, they're, they're kind of getting in touch with some of these other churches that are big today, but they're not that great. And we're like, what's, what's going on here? You know? Um, well, I mean, that really the, the essence of what you're describing is, is what is being taught, right? It's all about doctrine. So let's say a pastor that you respect on the radio becomes friends with another pastor that you have less respect for, or maybe they don't teach as well as the pastor number one, godly, powerful pastor, pastor number two, maybe not so strong or has some differing views on things. Don't you think it's a good thing for pastor number one to befriend pastor number two? Um, I do. I think it's a good thing for us to have a variety of different pastors that we might be able to influence and encourage. And, you know, without any of the details um, the, that, that you have to share, like sometimes we have to, I don't know exactly what you're, de- de- <clears throat> what you're describing, but I do know there's a layer of this sense of guilt by association um, that sometimes guys get thrown, um, get thrown to a place of, man, he's not doing the right thing because now he's friends with pastor so-and-so. But I propose that that's not necessarily a bad um, relationship, especially if the guy stays strong in the Lord. Because I have friends of all kinds of different backgrounds, um, pastors, uh, you know, unbelievers, um, but they don't affect me. Like they're not, yeah. they're not changing my theology. They more than anything, um, they're helping me to communicate better sound doctrine. Um, so yeah, I mean, if they're compromising doctrine, that's the key. The teaching is the key. Um, not necessarily friendships or like, for example, if, um, you know, if a, if a church, if a, uh, hyper Pentecostal church that I disagree with some of the things that they do, I think they're believers, but I disagree how they do things, invited me to teach at their church. Should I go? And so does your kid. <laughs> your kid's saying yes in the background too. Um, I I think yes, even though I might be criticized. Well, look, Ed Taylor's teaching at the so-and-so church now. He's an apostate. No way. No way. They invited me. I'm going to take the doctrine. I'm going to take true doctrine to that church, and I'm going to give it my all. But I could be accused of, well, look, now Ed hangs out with those guys. Well, maybe I do. Jesus got accused of hanging out with all kinds of people, but the doctrine is key, and that's where when you were talking about Roman Catholicism, if we if we center on doctrine, a lot of Roman Catholic doctrine is simply not good. Yeah, yeah. I well, thank you so really, much. Yeah, yeah. Thanks, Pastor. Yeah, you're I welcome. Really, uh, it's a good conversation. I really respect your kind words and what you do on the air. Well, thank you, and 
um, pick up that book and let me know, you know, read through it and call back and see if it doesn't really speak to the, I really think he's going to speak to exactly what you're feeling right now. And, and then I know that your heart breaks for your family. Um, you know, my wife is, my, my wife is Mexican. Um, her entire family obviously is Mexican. They're all Roman Catholic and they all think we're crazy following Jesus. <laughs> that sounds a lot like our family. My wife's Hispanic, Mexico City, and uh, all of her family is too. So we have a lot in common, and, I think. <laughs> but but the good news is is that we love them. Um, we yeah. we enjoy them. They're it's our family, and like I said, they know where we stand. Uh, they 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 not only know it, but they see it, and so um, we'll be there the moment they need help. We'll be there, you know, at the parties. Uh, we'll be there, you know, for, for all that we can possibly be to be an integrated into their lives. But knowing that that we have we have done what we could do verbally, and now it's just a matter of love and encouragement and, you know, praying for them. And, um, and I love them. They're great people. I love my family. Um, I love them more and more as I get older, actually, and just longing for them to finally turn away from their sins. I mean, that it's a big step. Yeah, 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 I hear you. All right, well, thanks so much, Pastor Ed. Okay, guys. Bye. Bye-bye. All right, you're welcome. All right, wow, we're coming up almost at the end of the program. I appreciate you guys. Um, Well, here, we've got people trying to guess who the pastor was that text in. Was Cody King the pastor who had the Star Wars answer? No. But I appreciate that was... Um, thanks for mentioning Cody, though, because Pastor Cody is also the other host of uh, Calvary Live. And you've got Nick Cady, um, Jeff Figs, Cody King, as he sits in. He does a lot of uh, sit-ins. I mean, he gets he does a lot of fill-ins for us when we're away. Jason Vandeveer sometimes fills in. Um, we're very grateful that you guys and you know we miss you Nate Morris we miss you Eric Cartier um, you guys were hosting for such a long time and always grateful when you guys can fill in too so we are coming up it was not Cody King by the way um, you can keep guessing but it was not Cody uh, and um, you know we got an, another let's see I think I have somebody on the line um, let's see here Line one is Michelle. Michelle, we've got two minutes. I'd love to give you a two-minute answer. Michelle, you're um, on the air. Yes, I'm here. It's okay. Um, I had a question about the Sabbath and just why people think it's on Sunday instead of Saturday. But um, I can I'll give just, you that answer. To uh, my prayer request as well. That's fine. Okay, well, I'll tell you why people believe the Sabbath is on Sunday and not Saturday. It's because they weren't taught properly from the Bible. The Sabbath is and always will be Saturday, and as far as the Mosaic Covenant is involved. But did you know in the New Covenant, the Sabbath actually isn't a day, but a person? No. The Sabbath now is, your Sabbath rest is by faith in Jesus Christ, and it's no longer relegated to a day. It's relegated to a a faith in a person, so that you can rest in Christ as he fulfilled the law of keeping the Sabbath for you. Okay. What's your prayer request? Um, I've been at my job um, for times where I was ready to walk. 
Um, and I'm not trying to be impulsive. I'm trying to be a woman of self-control. And uh, but lately, I've I've had joy, and I've been letting things, you know, not bother me as much. But yesterday, I just had a really um, hard time, and going in today as well. Um, I'm just praying. I, I'm asking for a prayer on um, keeping my tongue and making sure I'm speaking positive things and um, not cussing or anything like that. I, you know, yesterday I was pretty close to went to everybody else. So just praying for self control and just keeping myself in. Well, let's pray because we got 60 seconds. Uh, Father, I pray for my sister as you continue to grow her uh, and help her with self-control. Your word says the fruit of the Spirit is self-control. And so I pray as she abides in you, you work in her the needed self-control that comes by her relationship with you. And Lord, let her celebrate the victories and not condemn herself over the failures. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, Pastor. See you later. Thanks for calling. Hey, we're coming to the end of the show today. Thanks for joining me. Uh, so grateful to be a part of your life. Come on out to services this week. We're studying the book of Hebrews, man. It is dynamic. And I would just suggest you come to Saturday night or first service on Sunday because uh, second service is filling up. You can come. I mean, it's full. You can come if you want. Uh, just come early. 6 p.m. on Saturday night, Sunday, 845, 1045. Go to our website, Calvary Church. Calvary CO, excuse me, calvaryco.church, calvaryco.church. God bless you guys. Appreciate being a small part of your life. You've been listening to Calvary Live. Tune in next time for prayer and God's word.